y'all. Welcome back to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. I am your host, Heather McFadden, and this is the place where I get to walk alongside you and connect you with people and resources so you know that you don't mom alone. And this episode is week three of our Summer of Mentorship. It's a series that we do in the summer where we republish older episodes to kind of give our team a little break and to remind you of some amazing guests we've had on the show in the past. Today's guest is Jen Weaver. She originally came on the show in 2017, episode 155, and we're talking about what is your wife style? And it brought about this lifestyle difference of frayed or braided because like taking the, the symbolism of a cord, there are times when I just feel frayed. And I think that every marriage can go through different seasons where you may have a, a strong marriage cord overall, but you're starting to get frayed at the end in the season that you're in because it's more reliance on yourself yeah. and on your abilities to fix things than really integrating Jesus and seeking the Lord's presence in what you're going through and being being tightly braided in because your focus is on Jesus in the midst of this. Jen is the author of the book, A Wife's Secret to Happiness. And one thing I love about this episode is it proves to us that a mentor doesn't have to mean someone who's older than you. It can just be someone who is helping guide you and provide wisdom and relationship in an area of your life that you need a little mentoring. And for us today, we're focusing in on marriage. Jen has some God-centered truth when it comes to how do you handle like come to Jesus seasons of your marriage, concepts like submission. What if your husband isn't the leader that you want? We're going to cover all that today. Let's get right to it. Here we go. Hey, Jen, welcome to the God Center Mom podcast. Hey, Heather, thanks for having me. This is kind of fun because I don't get to talk about marriage very much on the show, which I should talk more about it, but I don't. And I love having guests introduce themselves to everyone listening. So would you take a second and introduce everybody to your family real quick? Yeah, so my husband is Jared, um, and we we always say it's Jared like the jewelers. Yes. Uh, And we've been married for eight years. He's awesome and totally my best friend. And we have one son, his name is Dylan and he's two. And so he's in this super fun age where he has a very limited vocabulary, but he likes to string all the words together to try and make some semblance of a sentence. So it's like mama, dada, car, book, banana. He's keeping his conversational turn as long as possible with just as many words as he can. That's very fun. That's very fun. Okay. So you've been married eight years. Yes. How have you handled all of the insecurities or question marks that other people might throw at you when you release a book? First of all, that's hard Mm -hmm. enough. You're being brave just releasing a book and then a book on marriage. So how have you, as a a woman of God, who's being (laughs) obedient to his calling, how have you handled that kind of criticism? Uh, um, Sometimes better than others. Okay. Okay. That's honest. I like it. Um. Yeah. So I do get people questioning it, especially for wives that have been married a lot longer than I have. Right. Um, they're like, okay, eight years. Woohoo. <laughs> <laughs> but those beginning years are rough. They're yeah. rough. And then you throw in a kid. That's rough. I can, I can say I learned a lot in those first, those first eight years for sure. For sure. Oh man. Yeah. Well, and 
Um, a lot of the book came out of my own experiences. I, I really feel like God started talking to me about the themes in this book and prompting me to write them because he wanted me to learn them. Like it, mm. it very much started out this way where he's like, okay, you're going to get this. And he speaks to me a lot through my writing. So I'll start, he'll give me a, a spark of inspiration or a moment of clarity on a verse or something. And I'll start writing about it. And then he continues talking to me and bringing revelation through the writing. So I think a lot of it came from that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what I found is thankfully and graciously, as I'm talking with even some of the wives that have been married for 50 years and they're like, Oh, you wrote a marriage book and there's <laughs> how cute, how cute, like pat, pat on the head. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, but even as I start talking about that, the themes in the book with them, um, because they've been married for so long, a lot of the feedback I get is, Oh, okay. Yeah. That really needs to be talked about. Mm. And, um, so that's been super encouraging. And then I have some women that have been married for a super long time and they're encouraging right off the bat, which is just phenomenal. Um, so it's been, it's been a huge learning process. And I think it's been fun too, as I'm talking through the themes, because I'm a young woman, mm-hmm. that it can be very relatable because the, the concepts really apply to a woman of any age who's been married for, to any length of time. But what I'm finding is as still a relatively young wife, a lot of the things talking about submission and talking about the role of husband leadership and how we can partner with our husband and show strength in a, in a way that's different than what society says, um, isn't as widely talked about in our age group. And Mm -hmm. so it's been really exciting to see that, that this can be relatable to other young wives because it's not like, I'm not an older mentor that's coming to them and, Oh, well that's outdated. You that's from your generation. I'm like, no, this is still, this is still real for us. A voice for each generation. And I I remember in one of your chapters, you even kind of lay out the three generations and how they interact as a husband and wife. And so it is very valid and very valuable and helpful. And and, uh, this wife's secret to happiness uh, title, right? Um, You also have like a sub kind of theme throughout the whole book of wife styling. Tell us what that is. Yes. So each chapter in the book is a blessing that the Lord wants to give us um, through our marriages, through our husbands. And then I have um, two different wife styles that relate to the blessing. So one habit of living as a wife um, attracts that blessing and one can reject it or um, not not attract it, kind of deny God from being able to move in that area in our lives. Mm-hmm. And so wife styling is all about the habits and um, choices that we make that, that set our wife style, just like we all have fashion sense or a home decor style. Uh, it's, it's our style of living as a wife and how we can be intentional in that. And just to give, I was said I was going to give caveats and then I forgot. <laughs> we recognize that in the conversation of marriage, this is tricky that Mm -hmm. everyone's bringing one, like we said, the generational impact on them, their grandparents' marriage, uh, their parents' marriage, and then even your own woundedness from relationships prior to marriage. Then within marriage, the woundedness when a spouse isn't uh, maybe even following after God. And, and I, we recognize that there are so many versions of this story that are coming in and in your ears that are hearing Jen and I talk about marriage and you, you, I don't want you to stop listening because you think, 
well, she doesn't know me or she doesn't know my story or if, you know, this isn't going to apply because I really feel like Jen, you, you narrow in on God's plan, right? Like his desire for blessing and you go to scripture and, and you kind of, you aren't deterred by the outliers. You just stick with, you know, the plumb line of this was God's intention. And yes, we might swing outside of it by our choice, like you said, by our style or what we know, mm-hmm. or um, by habit, like we don't know any other way. But this was the intended style. And this was the intended blessing when you choose that style. Definitely, definitely. Well, And it, what it looks like changes, like depending on you and your circumstance and how you interact with your husband and his personality and your personality. I was talking to a friend the other day and she was like, you know, you're this part of the book is really convicting me because I can see there are ways that I could better align with my husband. But he, he gives me a lot of freedom. Mm. He gives a, a huge spectrum to work with. He's in, um, he's a, a coach. And so when it hits football season, he has a ton of things going on. And I basically have free reign to make decisions for our family mm. in that season. Am I still submitted in that? And I was able to encourage her. Yes, because you're still aligned with your husband. You're not going off and doing your own thing and, and separating yourself from him. Mm-hmm. But those circumstances differ for every woman and, and what that looks like in your home. Yeah. And you said the word, the word that everyone's scared of when we talk about marriage. <laughs> yes. Oh, no, it's a Christian talking about marriage. Can to tell me to submit? It's bad. It's bad. And I think you graciously handle that in the book. But is there anything you want to say about it right now? I mean, it's such a huge conversation. <laughs> um, yeah. Anything you have or that you've learned in talking about this? So... Okay, so I talk about it in the book in this way, and this has really been the best way that I found to to give a picture to it. Um, I encourage all wives to approach the concept of submission, if it scares you, to approach it like you would a stray dog that you think you could be friends with. Okay. So you're not like running up and you're like, oh, I'm I'm here. This is awesome. I'm in and and denying how you're feeling about it or the concerns that you have. But approach it gingerly. Approach it with awareness and to talk with the Lord about the theme. Because I fully believe that God grants us submission to grant authority. That authority, kingdom authority, transfers through a hierarchy and it's it's delegated it's never taken it's never usurped it, and if you if you like take it and run away with it then you're constantly having to fend it off and fight to keep it um versus when it comes through submission it's something that's just granted to you mm. by god mm. and so i fully believe that a wife is empowered through submission and that the enemy has distorted it because he wants us to, he wants to keep us from experiencing that freedom and from really sharing that empowerment, because when you empower a woman, you empower her whole world. Mm. And, and so I feel like that's why there's so much of an affront to that, that word and the practice of submission from what society says. All right, y'all, I need to fess up uh, (laughs) my close family and friends know this, but I have stinky feet. That's right. They are quite 
horrific. And that's why I love my Rothy's flats because I can wear them in the summer. And with the combination of the heat and my atrociously stinky feet, if it gets so repulsive, I can throw my Rothy's in the washing machine with my favorite detergent. I'll just toss in there uh, the Tyler Candle Company Glamorous Wash Diva scent. And I know that my Rothy's are going to come out looking brand new, but also just as comfortable. They're durable because they're made out of 100% recycled materials, including the thread is made out of plastic water bottles. They keep their shape. They withstand wash after wash. In fact, the average pair of Rothy's has walked about a thousand miles. Not only do they have flats, but they have sandals and they have great bags, washable bags, perfect for summer getaways. And they just launched their new men's shoes that are intentionally designed with an artisanal level of detail and created with nearly zero waste. They are also durable, washable, and better for the planet. Fantastic news. To help you welcome summer in style, Rothy's is doing something special. Right now, they gave us the chance to share this super rare opportunity with our listeners for a limited time. Through August 1st, 2021, you get $20 off your first purchase of $100 or more at rothys.com slash DMA, all caps, DMA. That's rothys, R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash DMA. Trust us, you don't want to miss this deal. Head to rothys.com slash DMA to find your new favorites today. Yeah, and I would love to just say like, for the one who, someone who can't imagine what it looks like, some scenarios, <laughs> like that's what comes to mind. In this scenario, what would submission look like? In this scenario, what would submission look like? Does that make sense? Yes. So, um, submission, submission is the, like the yielding of your heart, the decision to, um, to receive your husband as leader and not to be not, not to change your personality, not that you have to become this quiet doormat that doesn't have a perspective, not that you can't share your, your opinions um, or weigh in or make decisions on your own. Um, but submission looks like, um, for me, I'm one of those super can-do, do-everything type people. I love to have a 100 projects going on at once. And so knowing that about myself, submission for me means when I'm about to take on a new project, I run it by Jared and make sure he also feels that it's a good idea for me and for our family and where we are in that season. So I'm just not making those decisions and running off by myself because I totally could and he'd never see me. (laughs) I'd be like, oh, hey, I'm off to the next thing. Um, So it sounds more like a teamwork approach, like just how you would honor and respect one another um, in anything. You're just kind of allowing him to be on your team where you're not Mm -hmm. just an isolated member in this family, in this relationship, kind of working together. Yes. Mm -hmm. And, and making room for him to lead. Um, so there are some times when we'll come to a decision and we'll decide, Hey, we really, we really both need to hear the same thing on this. Um, we need to hear from the Lord. We had a thing, which I talk about a little bit in the book where, um, we dealt with delayed fertility And so there was a season we were looking into, um, fertility assistance stuff and I had peace to move forward. And I was like, yeah, I want a baby. (laughs) And he didn't, he didn't have peace about it. 
Um, and so for me, that was submitting the decision to, well, I'm, I'm not going to move forward until you also feel like this is a good decision for us. Mm-hmm. And yeah. there was so much, so much good things that happened because we took that approach to it. And I'm thinking of the woman sitting and and listening and saying, yeah, but you don't know my husband. He's not a very good leader. He doesn't make very good decisions. He may not even be walking with God. How am I supposed to submit to that? You know, what would mm-hmm. you say to her? Mm-hmm. I would say that um, our husbands learn to lead when we leave room for them to. Mm. And when we, when we ask them to lead, when we, we, when we're looking for them to step into that role and we're asking God to help them in that role, then they rely on God to learn how. And that's not always a super quick process. Um, in fact, I find it's rarely a quick process, but look for the little, the little ways that you can align yourself with your husband, where you can yield your heart to his. It could be um, simply in the way that you perceive him as a leader or not a leader in your home. And one of the chapters I talk about um, the, the supply that we receive from our husbands. And I had this really cool um, insight into the life of Jesus. And in, in Mark, he's going through all of these different locations, healing and raising people from the dead and doing all of these miracles. And he gets to his hometown and the Bible tells us he wasn't able to, to do many miracles there. He wasn't able to do a great work because of their unbelief. Hmm. And they, the townspeople got together and we're like, well, who, who is this? Isn't this Jesus who we knew? Isn't this Jesus who grew up? Aren't his sisters here? Don't we know who his parents are? And in reading that scripture, God started talking to me about how sometimes I would disqualify Jared from stepping into a leadership role in our family because I knew his backstory, because I was so familiar with him, I limited what he could do. And when Jesus was in his hometown, it wasn't like he stepped into this vortex and he no longer had power. Like he still, he still was Christ, but how they received him impacted what he was able to contribute to them. That's really good. That is really good. And again, here's another caveat. We totally are not saying you submit to a man who is abusing you physically I mean, what, I mean, you've had to handle this too, right? This is the conversation of marriage is this trickiness of a woman who is being abused and then told to submit and yeah, complicated. Yes. Yeah. Abuse is never okay. Um, I fully believe that God can redeem a marriage in any circumstance, but if you're a wife and you find yourself in an abusive situation and that can be like physical, emotional, spiritual, financial, verbal, any kind of abuse, um, seek help. Seek help from a Christian counselor or an or, or organization. Well, I can even say that word. Organization yes. Yes. that ministers um, to that need. Because even as you're applying scripture to your life and seeking um, the Lord's will in your marriage, part of that needs to be your husband coming to a place of healing and your relationship coming into a place of healing. And that can't fully happen if abuse continues. Yes. I just want to make sure we said that yes. in this whole conversation. Okay. So in talking about this wife styling and submission, I think our the first style we were going to talk about kind of fits. Do you think? The frayed versus or braided? Yes. 
because we're not just partnering with our spouse. There's a uh-huh. third party that's involved. So even if we don't, we see our husband as weak or not able to lead, like because we know his backstory, there's that third strand. So talk yeah. to us about what you meant by the wife style of frayed or braided. Okay, so praise Jesus, there's a third strand. <laughs> <laughs> um, so th- it's a very common scripture um, that most of us are, are familiar with when we talk about the third strand in our marriage. And it's from Ecclesiastes 4, and a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. And so it's this whole idea of God being the third strand in our marriage. It's me, my husband, and Jesus. And what the Lord has started walking me through is how I can sometimes assume that he's involved in my marriage because, oh, I'm a Christian and I have a relationship with Jesus. So I'm just assuming his involvement instead of being intentional to include him Mm -hmm. in my marriage interactions, to bring my marriage before him in prayer, to listen to what he's saying to me. Um, and I had, I had like an actual experience because God is, um, He's, he's very dramatic with me sometimes yeah. because it can take that to get my attention. And I had this, this moment one morning and I thought I was praying, but really I was just sitting in a room complaining out loud to myself <laughs> <laughs> about the things that weren't going great. I know that kind of prayer. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I heard him, his voice in my head and he sounded very like echoey, like he was at, at a long tunnel and he's like, hey, are you ever going to let me in to, to this room? Are you ever going to let me in and take me out of the hallway so we can start talking about these things? Hmm. And it, it caught me off guard because in my mind, he's already here. Lord, I'm praying to you about this. And I know, okay, God is omnipresent. He's everywhere. He hears all things. But he started talking to me about how I wasn't being intentional in including him. Hmm. And he reminded me of like back in the day in Sunday school, when they teach you about how to receive salvation and how the Lord is a gentleman and he doesn't force himself into our hearts, Mm. but he gives us the free will to invite him. And so I started this, this habit of inviting him in. So if I was struggling with something with Jared and we were going to have a conversation, we started praying, Lord, be in this conversation, guard our hearts, guard our thoughts, guide our conversation when I was struggling with things, it was, Lord, show me where you are in this. I invite you into this. And it brought about this lifestyle difference of frayed or braided because like taking the the symbolism of a cord, there are times when I just feel frayed. And I think that every marriage can go through different seasons where you may have a, a strong marriage cord overall, but you're starting to get frayed at the ends in the season that you're in because it's more reliance on yourself on, on your abilities to fix things than really integrating Jesus and seeking the Lord's presence in what you're going through and being, being tightly braided in because your focus is on Jesus in the midst of this. So good. And so true. Uh, just even through this recovery program I'm going through, it's so much of it is us trying to do our life on our own. Mm -hmm. Like whether it's parenting or marriage or friendships or career, it's that whole separate from God. Yeah. So I think even what you shared, if if there's a single guy listening, I think she could benefit from that, you know, just testimony of 
how am I in this? Have you, are you just kind of telling me what to do or have you invited me in to the conversation of, of your life? Yeah. And I agree. I think it can be for, for anyone in any circumstance. I mean, where you are in your career or in your ministry or as a mother, are you being tightly woven with Jesus in this? Are you inviting and including him in? Um, or is there just an assumption that he's there or, or not, maybe even not an awareness of where he is in the midst of that? Yeah. Yeah. Really good. Okay. Let's do the next one. Wifestyle, doubtful or decided. Talk to us about that one. So this may be my favorite one. Okay. Um, because I'm talking about the blessing of confident expectation and how a lot of times we can look at our circumstances and say, this is not what I thought. <laughs> this is not looking good. Circumstances are not lining up. Um, and we can be doubtful. We can be doubtful of God's promise or of his plan to do good to us or of where he is or of his ability to turn something around and use it for good. And so the wife style here is really the difference between am I doubting God or am I going to decide to believe what he says in the midst of it? Mm-hmm. And I love that wife style because it doesn't, it doesn't matter if you're in an easy season or in a hard season, you can be decided. And in that chapter, I talk about um, the difference in my, but God versus a, but God answer mm. and how sometimes I can find myself coming to the Lord and, and kind of whining to him, but God, this isn't, this isn't what I thought. This isn't what I expected. It's not turning out the way it should, but God, I'm not even seeing the fruitfulness of this that I thought I would be seeing by right now. And how time and time again in scripture, we see the Lord coming through with a, but God. So circumstances were bleak. Circumstances were not promising. No one knew what was going to happen. It all looks crazy. It's not, it's not lining up with what our human minds would say should happen to make things turn out. All right. But God showed up and did something. If you're a mom who wants to buy organic products or needs to buy specific food items for maybe a child with celiac or maybe you're choosing to go gluten-free or other vegan non-DMO options, but you feel like sometimes it's too expensive, well, let me introduce you to a great option. It's called Thrive Market, and it's an online membership-based market, and their mission is to make healthy living easy and affordable for everyone. And what I love about that is they have a one-for-one membership matching program. So every paid membership sponsors a free one for a low-income family. So you are helping another mom, not mom alone. And what's great is they deliver to you what you need. So you spend more time with your kids and on what matters, you get member-only prices. So for example, when I got my organic coconut flour Instead of paying $6.99, I paid $3.99, and it was a pound of flour. Also, their vanilla extract, which, you know, that's not cheap stuff. It was $5 cheaper than the listed price. You can get snap green pea snack crisps. You know, those really yummy. Oh, my goodness. You can eat the whole bag. Um, I got those 13% off. You can get those sweet fish. They're like uh, Swedish fish imitation. I've gotten those before. So delicious. If you want to check it out, go to thrivemarket.com slash DMA. Join today to get $20 off your first order and a free gift. That's thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E, market.com 
slash DMA, you'll get $20 off your first order and a free gift. Thrivemarket.com slash DMA. And for that wife who is in that place, who's like we already talked about that submission to leadership and is making space for him to do that. And it's taking a long time Mm -hmm. and she's praying daily for his faith and for his leadership uh, to be decided in that is, is a choice. You have to decide, okay, God is moving. It may be super slow. I may have just seen one different reaction than I normally see or a good decision being made by him, but you're choosing to not doubt because I'm sure we go in and out of that place. Oh yeah. And I actually was writing this chapter, um, going through a a really hard season in my marriage. I refer to it as a a relationship winter that we went through. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was in the months after our son was born. Yeah. And we were just, it was a new parenting thing. He's our only kid right now. And, I, I don't, I didn't know what to do. There were so many new circumstances. We were both exhausted and we just had such a hard time getting on the same page and staying there. And I was feeling like I wasn't being heard and, and I just, it felt very lonely. It felt, um, very heavy, really disconnected, very disconnected. Yeah. Yeah. Very disconnected. I felt very guilty, um, for all sorts of things because I'm used to being that, like I can do it all person. Mm -hmm. And so then I wasn't, I wasn't able to do it all the way I was when I wasn't a mom yet. And so, um, through that time period, God, I'm writing this chapter of the book and I'm like, I don't even like this book right now. I don't- <laughs> <laughs> what am I doing? This is a terrible idea. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want to be doing this. I don't want to be thinking about this. Um, and the Lord was very sweet to me and he kept just bringing me back to, okay, well, do you trust me? Because if you trust me, then you'll receive what I say. Then you can believe what I'm telling you. And so he he kept bringing me about to this place of, I'm not going to live in fear. I'm not going to focus on circumstances. I'm going to choose faith. And I think you and I can probably relate on this because I've heard you talk about it before. I I have grown up crazy fearful. Mm. Like even Mm -hmm. as a child, if I was in a, if I was in a public place, like in a church building or at a coffee shop or a restaurant, and I wasn't facing the door, but I heard somebody walk in. My first thought was, it's a policeman coming to tell me my family's died. Mm, yeah. These are and these irrational thoughts, but they are like right there. Yeah. Totally irrational yeah. thoughts. Yeah. And, um, and so in, in those times of doubt, it's really easy for those crazy irrational thoughts to creep up and for me to, to give over to fear. And so God kept bringing me back to okay, well, are you going to believe me? Are you going to believe that I can show up for you? Are you going to believe the promises that I have for you? And time and time again, he took me through it. And it wasn't like this quick fix of like, oh, today was our relationship winner and tomorrow was better. Mm. But as I continued to seek Jesus in the midst of it, he brought us through that. And I know with each season that I've gone through of difficulty, it helps build my faith to be more decided in the future. And I think it's so important you shared that because I've seen it where um, marriage is going well, baby shows up, marriage is hard like it it should be, like it 
it's an adjustment for everyone. And then the isolation of a new baby that happens, the couple stops seeing other couples, or maybe they were in a small group and they stopped seeing us hanging out with their small group and they believe the lie that, well, we're just different from everyone else. And we, our marriage is just not good and we shouldn't be married because this is hard. Whereas when you're in community and you hear from other people and they're like, oh yeah, me too. This is where we're struggling with that. And this is how our marriage is looking different and how we're struggling to readjust or how our communication has been stifled in this way or to have those conversations in the midst of that new baby time. And I even say our major breakdown come to Jesus was after the second baby the, <laughs> of like, we could hold it together for the first. And then the second we went to man to man defense and then we just never saw each other and, and just kind of drifted. And when that second baby was about seven months, we had to be like, Whoa, Nelly, where are we? How did this happen? How did we yeah. get here? Uh, and so that mom might be listening or the third or the fourth or the seventh kid. It, it's just, I think, staying connected in community, recognizing these seasons are going to come and being decided that God is still moving and working. And, and he has chosen you for that person. He, yeah. he is going to move. He will redeem all things and he will knit your hearts back together. Um, if you seek him, I believe it. Okay. I want to get to this last thing before we run out of time. This, uh, lifestyle of dangerous or dame. And we're going to talk about Hebrew and I'm so excited. I love Hebrew. <laughs> Tell us our Hebrew. Let's All go. All right. So, so chapter six, it's the blessing of Ha'il. And I hope I say that right. Ha'il. Ha'il. Um, and so that is the Hebrew word that's used as noble character when you talk about Proverbs 31. Um, but it is so often, in my experience, misunderstood as kind of this nicety, like, oh, you're like the sweet Pinterest mom, or you're you're at the Bible studies and you have amiable charm. Um, but that same word is used in other passages of scripture as strength and victory and mighty things and capable men and warriors and valor. And so the the difference here in the wife style is how we use our strength. Mm-hmm. And am I going to be dangerous in my strength? Am I, am I going to wield it kind of for my own direction from based on my own preferences and potentially harm myself, harm my marriage, harm my husband, or am I going to be a dame, which is the, the UK equivalent of a knight in title. Mm -hmm. And so the dame wife goes to battle for her family and finds ways to fight alongside her husband and to use her strengths to benefit her family, to, to live as that wife of noble character. And so you say wife of valor, which is so strong and good. And, and again, like you had said in the chapter that Proverbs 31 woman gets tossed around as like this checklist of goodness. Like, are you a good woman Uh versus like a blessing of over a lifetime of that strength and that choosing to wield it well for the good of the family and the good of the the society she's in. Um, It's a great word. Hail, hail. Yeah. Okay. So how would that look in a situation? Have you, do you have any stories or scenarios of how we can wield it well and how we can be damaging? Yes. So in the, the circumstance of my marriage, um, I have found that it's really easy for me to, um, to step outside of like God's will for me and God's, um, 
delegated tasks for my life and kind of run ahead. Like I like to run ahead of the Lord. If he tells me here's a B and and then I'm like, awesome, I'm going to go figure out what C, D, E, and F are like, (laughs) and then I'll come back to you. Um, and so for me, one of the ways that it really plays out is, um, is one being attuned to the Lord's plan and staying in step with him, but then learning how I can best apply my own skills to, to compensate for areas where Jared lacks. So like I, I have a brain that organizes tasks and timelines and everything. And so I can look at a list of things to do and map out in like 10 minutes. Okay. This, this then and here, and we'll stop it here. And it's all this well-planned orchestrated thing. And, um, initially what would happen is I would kind of be the boss of him and like, okay, well, here's the task list I've made for you. Um, here are the things that you need to do and the order in which to do them. And it just, it made him feel, um, very belittled. Like he's one of my kids that I'm helping figure out how to get dressed for the day. (laughs) And, (laughs) and it it wasn't strengthening to our marriage. It wasn't um, encouraging to him and it still, but it still was a strength that I had. And so one of the ways that I've learned to take something that was dangerous in our marriage and turn it around, um, to be that of, of advocating and fighting alongside my husband is I came to him and this was several years ago. And I asked, Hey, can we have kind of brainstorming conversations to go through our schedule for the week and see how we can best coordinate that together? And then we would have conversations here and there where he'd talk about, oh, I have all these things to do. I'm not sure how I'm going to get them all done. And I came at it of more of a, a question instead of a direction. Mm-hmm. Hey, how can, can I look at this? Would you like me to give you some thoughts about how I might handle that if it was my day? And so because of that process, it's come to the point now where he freely comes to me and he says, hey, this is the list I've put together. Can you help me organize this in the most efficient way? And so I've really been able to come alongside and partner with him because he's inviting me to, instead of me like lording over him and just taking charge of the situation by myself. Yes. So great. Recognizing each other's superpowers and allowing space in the relationship so that you both benefit. So there's like a mutual, um, we called it synergy when we were first married. We're like, there's this synergy that can happen, this exponential output when we take each of our strengths and put them together um, and and not diminish one for the benefit of the other, but just like this, this blazing fire rather than these two candles over in the corner. Uh, So good. We, we even, I'm, we're about to celebrate, oh my stars, 18 years of marriage and I would say it was the last year that we got to a place where um, we started uh, taking walks every morning in the summer. Oh, um, so fun. Yes. I mean, simple. So simple. My parents had lived with us the summer before, and we they would do it. And we were like, you know, we could do that. Now that our kids are older, we could totally leave a phone at home and take a phone and walk around the block. We're not that far. And even if it's 15 minutes, it's a conversation that's uninterrupted and men, you know, side by side, not eyeball to eyeball, like most states are eyeball to eyeball and it kind of shuts them down. But this like not huge pressure, like sometimes dates can be super high pressure. Like we have to make use them every second <laughs> because we're paying a babysitter and this is right. you're supposed to be amazing. Date night's supposed to be amazing. But this is just like low pressure um, 
constant communication and it was the biggest boost in our connection. The, the time when he came to me for advice and like wisdom in a way that I had never seen because I'm four years younger than him. So it kind of went the other way. Usually, uh, it was more, um, reciprocity with our relationship and we were both kind of you know, doing new things and entrepreneurial conversations and spiritual conversations and conversations about the kids. But it's so amazing how a tiny change in our routine made such a huge impact on our overall connectedness and marital, like, happiness. And it wasn't like, well, he bought me flowers more. He wrote me more notes or that wasn't it. It was, it was time and, and just mutual respect that. Yeah allowed for the blessing of, you know, just happiness, I guess. <laughs> the secret to happiness is a daily walk. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, I, it, I think this book is so great, especially like you said, for the generation coming up, the new young mom who's looking for help. And, um, I think there's such a, a pressure to just be happy. There is to be mm-hmm. happy in your marriage, but at the same time to also not give up because you're not happy, um, to recognize that it goes beyond just a happy, happy, joy, joy feeling, but like a deep blessedness that you're yeah. sharing here, that there's a better way, that there's a better way. And it's, um, I don't know. I think you hit some hard conversations in a very grace filled way, even the sex conversation. Well, thank you for that. And that chapter terrified me. <laughs> I was oh, like, Dude, seriously? I Okay. Oh, man. Think about poor Francie Winslow. Oh, man. That I've right. had on the show. She, God's <laughs> kind of directed her to have that be her whole conversation. So, yes. It's so needed. So needed. And, you know, the barriers to intimacy so many times I've talked about it are these screens and... Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, I, I've loved having this conversation with you. Is there any, like, where would people find you online so they can stay in contact and find more out about the book and, and throughout the book, you say, uh, place it, uh, they can go online to get different printables. And if they don't want to write in their book, you have, uh, the checklist there, all these bonus stuff, all these bonus stuff. That's really good English, Heather. (laughs) all the bonuses are online, but where would they find you? What was your site? So I'm, um, thejenweaver.com, And that's not because I'm a big deal. It's just because my name is super common. Um, and then throughout the book, yes, we have a bunch of links. I think in total, there's around 95 pages of bonus content with worksheets and, and supporting articles and printable versions of the quizzes that you can print to write on if you um, want them. And so those are all talked about in the book. There's a, a link for that. And um, then I'm on all social media stuff as at thegenweaver.com. And then A Wife's Secret to Happiness is available wherever books, books are sold. So it's on Amazon and Barnes and & Noble and Books a Million and Christian Books everywhere. Very cool. Thank you, Jen, so much for coming on and helping us get focused in our marriage so we can be blessed by God in it. Thank you for having me. This has been so much fun. I hope you all enjoyed that conversation with Jen Weaver and it encouraged you in your marriage. I wanted to let you know that since we did that interview, Jen has been expanding her ministry. She now invests in leaders as a ministry coach. So if you're looking for a little 
boost to your ministry. Go check Jen out. She's over on Instagram at the Jen Weaver and her website, the Jen Weaver. We've also connected to all those resources on our show notes, which you can find at Don't Mom Alone. I'm going to pray for our marriages because I know they're always, always under attack. Unity is always under attack. So let's pray. Lord, I know this topic of marriage is tender and there's a lot of pain and hurt and past hurts. And I pray that you would minister where help needs to be found, that if anyone was triggered or anything in here caused pain, that they would reach out to you, that they would reach out to a friend, to a mentor. And Lord, I pray for marriages. I pray that um, even in my own marriage, God, that you would bring us together, that we would believe what's best, that we would make room for you to lead in our home. And I pray that I would remember who you are, God, most. I pray for each marriage represented by the listeners. I pray for those marriages with new babies, whether it's their second or their third or their first. And I pray for um, re-entry into life after that momentous event. And I pray, God, just for your your leading, like I've said, for your leading, help us. We need you. In Jesus' name, amen. We were able to have dinner the other night with some friends of ours from church who have been married a lot longer than us and have adult children. It's just an encouragement to hear their story, their journey as they've grown in their own marriage and learned more about each other, how they have taken their strengths and their giftedness and the synergy that happens when two individuals are fully submitted to God and his work in their lives and then also coming together and supporting one another. It's a beautiful thing. I can't wait to meet you back here next week for week four of the summer of mentorship. If you uh, need help getting discussion questions, they're in the show notes or we have a PDF that's in our podcast club leaders group that you can join us if you go to dumbmomalone.com forward slash join. And I think that's it. All right, y'all take care. Adios. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Don't Mom Alone podcast. If you're wanting to connect with more people and more resources to help remind you that you're not alone, head over to don'tmomalone.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guests. Most importantly, I want you to know the good news, the great news that you're not alone because God has promised to always be with you. With faith in Jesus Christ, the one who died for you and rose again, Jesus said when he left, he was going to leave a helper, a comforter to be with us. God in us, moms, that's superpower. So while you're washing dishes at your kitchen sink, while you're driving to and from work, while you're feeding that baby late into the night, while you're cleaning sticky floors, God promises to be just as present with you as when you're worshiping in a church pew. As it says in Zephaniah 3.17, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Now that's good news. Have a great day.